Welcome to Codecasts, a podcast series presented by the International Cyanide Management Institute or the ICMI. The purpose of Codecasts is to provide information on the International Cyanide Management Code, including explanations of selected requirements and expectations for compliance within the Cyanide Code. This series is designed to supplement training and guidance materials found on the Cyanide Code website, www.cyanidecode.org. In this Codecast, we will discuss auditor judgment and how it is an essential element in auditing the Cyanide Code. The Cyanide Code was developed to provide a set of requirements for the safe management of cyanide at gold and silver mines. These mines are operated in a range of conditions, and so the code was developed to address safe cyanide management in a wide variety of circumstances, such as climates, environments, altitudes, temperatures, processing types, cultures, and a host of other conditions that influence cyanide use and management. This means that auditors will have to interpret practical situations and circumstances in the field against the requirements of the cyanide code and decide if the site-specific facilities, operating systems and practices comply with the code's principles and standards of practice. The judgment of auditors is called on in evaluating facilities, operating systems and practices for compliance, rather than having a massive document that tries to detail requirements specific to every single situation, in every country, in every climate and every circumstance. Let's look at some common examples where auditor judgment is called for when auditing against the Cyanide Code and evaluating compliance. A first example comes from Mining Verification Protocol Question 4.4.3, which addresses whether maintaining a WAD cyanide concentration greater than 50 mg per litre is effective in preventing significant wildlife mortalities. The key word here is significant. At an operation where bird mortalities have occurred, the auditor must determine whether the bird mortalities are significant or not. Determining whether a number of mortalities are significant can be difficult and needs to take into account not only the number of mortalities, but also their frequency, the root cause of the conditions that led to the mortalities, whether the mortalities were under normal, abnormal or emergency conditions, what corrective actions were taken to prevent the mortalities, and the speed with which the operation addressed the mortalities. To enable the auditor to use her or his professional judgment, operations are expected to provide full and detailed records of wildlife inspections and the mortalities. If the site can provide full and detailed statistics and supporting investigations of wildlife mortalities, both cyanide-related and non-cyanide-related, the auditor can better evaluate not only the mortalities, but the root causes, the operations response and the effectiveness of the operation's underlying systems to prevent mortalities. All of these factors may play into whether the operation and the auditor consider the mortalities significant. Auditors must also sometimes use their judgment as to whether a particular code requirement is applicable or not and explain the reason. An example would be an operation that uses a filter press or other system to dewater tailings so that they can be deposited as what are commonly referred to as dry stack tailings, containing interstitial water but no free water. 
The auditor must also use available information and experience to judge whether or not several of the code's requirements related to tailing storage facilities apply. For example, if there is only interstitial water, would the code's expectations for a water balance apply to those tailings? Would the code's provisions for wildlife protection apply? Would they apply if rainwater pooled for a short period in the dry stack tailings? Another example might be a gold mine processing plant located in northern latitudes where winter temperatures may get to below minus 30 degrees centigrade. The weather is generally so cold that liquids readily freeze. So much so that the plant may be located inside a heated building to enable the leaching to take place. In such a situation, the plant may become a confined space and managing potential cyanide gas formation and dispersion becomes an abnormal or emergency condition that could have severe and even fatal consequences. In mines in warmer climates with regular winds, cyanide gas could be managed through avoidance and dispersion. An auditor would need to apply auditor judgment to assess the appropriateness of cyanide management under the different climatic circumstances. The auditor would also need to review the differing management priorities against the needs of sound health, safety and environmental management. Auditors are also asked to provide professional judgment on the adequacy of systems. Although most verification protocol questions and compliance findings for standards of practice call for auditor judgment to some degree, there are two places in the code where auditors are specifically asked for a direct statement as to their evaluation and judgment of a system. One of these is in Standard of Practice 4.1, specifically in Verification Protocol Question 4.1.6. A number of Verification Protocol Questions ask for details regarding inspections, but Protocol Question 4.1.6 then asks the auditor whether the operation inspects cyanide facilities on an established frequency sufficient to assure and document that they are functioning within design parameters. Here, the auditor is being specifically asked to render a professional judgment on the adequacy of the operation's inspection program based on what she or he has seen at the operation and has described in responses to the previous questions. The second of these is in Verification Protocol Question 4.9.7, which addresses environmental monitoring. Previous protocol questions ask about the monitoring program, but 4.9.7 asks whether monitoring is conducted at frequencies adequate to characterise the medium being monitored and to identify changes in a timely manner. Here. Again, the auditor is being directly asked to judge the adequacy of the programme. So this raises the question as to if auditors are asked to make judgment on a variety of conditions and processes, how do auditors ensure consistency over time and between operations which may be dramatically different? How do you know whether auditor judgment is right or wrong? That is also a challenging question to answer because cyanide code auditors come from a wide range of backgrounds, skills and experiences and these will all influence how an auditor applies auditor judgment to a particular situation.
a rule of thumb test, particularly for the auditor, might be if another auditor were to be faced with the same set of facts or circumstances at the same time, would she or he come up with the same finding? This is not a perfect test, but if the site has provided full and detailed evidence, it can help to demonstrate the soundness of the finding. Auditors will use this rule of thumb method to ensure that they have incorporated into their audit methodologies and approaches a quality control element. Another indication of the soundness of the auditor's judgment will be whether ICMI requests additional information or analysis of a finding during its completeness review of the audit report. This concludes our Codecast on Auditor Judgment and the Cyanide Code. We hope that this has given you a better understanding of some of the types of issues that may come up requiring auditors' judgment on whether items are applicable or whether the code's expectations are being met. Additional details on this topic may be found in the ICMI's Guidance for Use of the Mining Operations Verification Protocol, which is available on the Cyanide Code website. If you have any questions on this material or would like to make any comments, suggestions or requests for other topics to be covered, please send an email to us at info at cyanidecode.org.